So another episode of the Pin High Podcast presented by Golficity. It's U.S. Open week, and we're going to be giving you a full preview with picks with our first recurring guest of the, of the podcast, beating the bookie, hopefully. Um, and we're going to cover a little bit of the Safeway Open, which, uh, you know, a little irrelevant to this week, but we'll get right into the U.S. Open after that. So let's get into it. So this week, Stewart Stewart Sink won at the Safeway Open, and his son was on the bag, and his son is like him. His son himself is old, like Stewart Sink is an old bag. Do you do you see the picture of his lot? Like he for his first win was in eleven years, and it's his first, like you said picture when he his last win, like his son, like looked like he was like. 16 years old oh i did see that <laughs> where, where his last like when he was son was like at uh like hitting a ball at the range or something like that um it was uh, the same picture it I, was I, the same it was the same picture like him and his son like hitting balls at the range next to each other like back then and then now really and, like, yeah and his son just like is so much older now obviously looks so, so much looks different, so different yeah <laughs> well good good for him i'm yeah. glad for students Stuart sink oh older guy but i mean how many how many holes of this golf tournament did you realistically watch? Uh, like five, maybe. I don't know. I watched a little bit on Thursday. I saw uh, all the highlights and stuff, sure, but <laughs> I didn't watch any. I, I mean, it's tough. We have I had a we, couple matchup bets going. I kept like checking up on it, but other than that, I just didn't. I didn't really watch it all. I mean, it's tough. We had the football. Retur- return of football. Um, for me at least, NHL playoffs is going on right now. NBA playoffs mm-hmm. is going on right now. The Premier League returned this weekend. Um, yep. What else did we have? I don't know. There was a lot going on. I literally worked college like football morning college. morning till pitch black, both Saturday and Sunday. So and work Thursday, Friday. See, there was no, there was no. There was, it's Monday. This is this is how bad the golf, how weird the golf industry is. It's Monday, and I've worked the past six days. <laughs> that's just go for it i have i have wednesday and thursday off and then i will work the full weekend again <laughs> that's so <laughs> do you work tournaments again on the weekend yeah okay okay Patty, Patty tournament. A... <laughs> um yeah so many tournaments to fucking i mean frick anyway uh, what else? What else we got on the on the Safeway Open? I know I know Jeek had a pretty good week with DraftKings. Doc Redman was up there. I was, Dude, Doc Redman Ches- went ten went ten under on Sunday. Like I I wasn't he wasn't like that close to the top of the leaderboard, and then all of a sudden he's just leading the tournament. And it was it's obviously it was weird because it was in Napa, so like the tee times are all like like behind from like where late. we are in the Eastern. So they're all really late. So like, I'm like, Oh man, doc Redman like might win this tournament. And then I see like a couple guys blow. I'm like, Oh, the leaders didn't even aren't like teeing off for another like three hours. So this I guess he's not going to win. This tournament. Most, like lead lead off the PGA tour season tournament of all time, like in Napa, like right yeah. before the open, just like, <laughs> it's crazy. Just like how we, how just like weirdly off this week was. Now a couple did, things. Wait, a couple gee, things. That, did you yeah. did, did you did you write surged S E R G E D? I don't even know. I didn't. I just autocorrects. <laughs> you. 
Okay, Not I me. was I was gonna say I was, I was like I was really confused by that. Um, and then uh, another <laughs> thing I saw. What'd you say? We talked about the wildfires, like how crazy oh, that was. Uh, yeah. On Wednesday morning, I saw like that picture. It was like 11 a.m. there, and it was like looked like it, they had like lights. On right, that was green. for uh, that was from Doc Redman's Instagram story. He did like a video, oh, and he's like, God. like these fires are crazy, and like it was That's just like. Wild. It looked like the sun was setting, and they had lights on the putting green and stuff. Like, and as they were preparing for the tournament, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. It got a little bit better as the week went on, but um, yeah. that was interesting. Did you did you also see? Uh, I saw this on Twitter today. I saw Riggs actually tweeted it. Uh, Stewart Sink let his caddy go because he said he liked Kiz or he said something nice about Kevin Kisner. And I might my desk a little weird, but then I realized. Stewart Sink went to Georgia Tech and the kids went to Georgia. So maybe that maybe that has something to do with it. But still, like that's I thought it was pretty funny. That and obviously he had his son on the bag and he won. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty I thought it was pretty interesting to think about. Interesting. Also, I think another thing that like I just noticed from this weekend, especially since I didn't watch that much, dude, Harry Higgs was electric this weekend. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw like on Friday, I think he had a hole out from like two hundred and thirty yards, which was sick. Um, and then on Sunday, on Sunday, he was behind a tree on 16 and he hit this massive hook onto the green and then made his putt for Eagle that like literally set him up into like second or third place or something like that. So, uh, big week for Harry Higgs. He had like, he had like all his buttons down too. Like on yeah, when he, he made the does. Eagle, the double eagle. Yeah. <laughs> that was the celebration. It was so funny too. God love Harry Higgs. All right. Anything else from last week? Safeway Open. Any any other notable things? I think we can move on to the to the big to the big show. <laughs> I don't think people came came to episode forty six, the Andy Pettit episode. Oh, that, to, that was was it was that was, was that right off the spot? I mean, that's the uh, only forty six I can think of. Yeah, that that was off the top of my head too. I was not thinking about that. But nobody came to the to the Andy Pettit episode or the U.S. Open episode for you know Safeway Open. That was more of what people are looking for for the safe way so So, uh, u.s open week who are out i mean brooks kepka that sucks but at the same time i want to see brooks kepka healthy playing Mm -hmm. if brooks kepka was healthy during the during the pga championship he would have won i mean it just brooks kepka being healthy just changes the entire dynamic of the tournament too like if brooks kepka was in the tournament like you can't count him out of a major now it feels like it's like dj and rom right now Kind of, yeah. Um, and then another one that sucked this week was Scotty Scheffler, test positive for COVID, so he withdrew. Um, that really good. sucks because he was playing so well. He was you're playing right. awesome, yeah. Um, he played really well at the PGA. He was playing really well leading up to this U.S. Open. He was a guy that I was definitely looking and forward I feel to like, watching. I feel like Wingfoot is one of like the most like iconic U.S. Open courses. I feel like it's, oh, those, it's a like, big it's a big u.s open course but the open championship it's like st andrews like whatever um yeah. i feel like it just kind of sucks that he's that, he, that anybody who can't play this week isn't gonna play yeah so he gets replaced by brandon grace yeah. um so good for him good for brandon grace, grace. Gets coming. Good for brandon grace. he's not a bad player he can make no he was he was the last he was the last uh, Actually, the last guy out so i'm gonna say him. anyone could make the cut this week because at the same in certain aspects like you just need to man- manage the course. I feel like it's yeah. it's not anyone can make the, the cut. Honestly. I think anyone could miss the cut. <laughs> I think that's yeah, similar. I, 
I like that. I like that more. <laughs> you, there'll, there'll be big names that miss a cut this week. It happens in every U.S. Open. Definitely. Um, and then another one who's out, um, Sam Horsfield got COVID. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but pretty much he was nope. uh, one of the last guys in the tournament. He qualified through like those qualifying events and stuff like that. So that sucks for him because he grinded to get into the tournament um, and he's not able to play. Um, he's being replaced by Pat's favorite, uh, Roy Sabatini. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe Pat will pick him this week, but probably not. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> like most definitely not. <laughs> this tower's gotta be so low too. So. I mean, let's find out. <laughs> I mean, as a last second alternate, probably. He's not even on yeah. the DraftKings. He's not even on it right now because this is like pretty recent. Rory, I just want to say I'm so I'm so excited for the U.S. Open. This is my this is like by far my favorite tournament every single year just because of the course Indeed. and like one because of winged foot, two because I love it watching everyone just get eaten alive and I I love the Fox broadcast but like NBC's like I'll, I'll deal with it. I love I like NBC too, but. I just can't. I can't wait for the U.S. Open to start. And Sunday when it finishes with football on too, it's gonna be insane. That's the only thing I'm gonna wait. say. It's weird having the U.S. Open on when like all this other stuff's going on. I know. Yeah. I mean, you got the N- NBA playoffs, NHL play. Like I mentioned before, football's back. Um, I wish the U.S. Open was last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. That'd been kind of cool, but um, yeah, it is so, what it is. But you know what? It's the U.S. Open. We're gonna watch it. We love the U.S. Open. So. Yeah, um, I'll definitely be watching you. We want to do the Monday hypothetical? Yeah, with that being said, let's get into the Monday hypothetical. Um, this was a good one that uh, Trev kind of came up with, Pat revised. And Pat, yeah. <laughs> um, pretty much, um, I'll, you know, I'll read it word from word from the Instagram, so I'm not, like, summarizing it. Um, so let me get to it first. Okay, so pretty much you, you were given a three-shot lead going into the 18th hole at Wingfoot in the U.S. Open. Um, are you going to win or are you choking? So are we assuming the next person, uh, let's assume that like the three shots is par. there. Like the other yeah. person you're playing with makes par, make par. Or, or everybody's, or everybody's in and you're like the only one that's competing. You double bogey? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no. <laughs> Okay, so just to put, no, put into perspective, I, I had to research the the last hole just to you see like, what it looked like. Fine. Trevor might be able to make a double bogey, but like, I I would say if I played the hole, I would literally play the hole like a par five. Yeah. I play a hole like a par five. But like, I, so I just, I, I researched the hole. It's a four hundred and sixty nine yard dogleg left par four, um, and the green is elevated and it slopes from back to front, so like it's like downhill like that. Um, I said there's no chance I'm getting like less than a triple bogey on this hole because even if I do hit the ball well and I get it on the green and stuff like that, I'm not gonna get it close on the green, and I'm probably gonna like three or four putt, maybe five putt. Like you never know. Um, I think, I think it, the putting is gonna be this part that gets also me. Also with the pressure. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, the pressure is the big. I think I would literally have to. I'd literally go like three iron, three iron, and like get close to the green, like try to chip it like somewhat close and see if I can do anything. But like, I'd, I'd the pressure would try to get it. On the green, and then what? You have to three putt. I have to three putt. Yeah, I got I got three putt. With the greens, though, I have no. no I mean, they, they play lightning, lightning fast. Yeah, greens, lightning. Like, I know. Like, where you I can put it off the green. I, I I would literally like tap. Tap it. Like I, I would tap, like tap, it twice. Yeah. 
I would lag it twice. I mean, there the were some uh, decent answers. I like Mike Fasano's answer. Uh, I would go nine iron, nine iron, nine iron, and then pray for a double bogey. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, very that, conservative. That's, that's, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not like too long par five, but par four. But I saw that. I saw your dad said he would win, and that's just cap. <laughs> well, my dad's played wing foot before uh, probably a couple times actually and he said he had a par in 17 but like you weren't playing in u.s open conditions so you weren't playing u.s open conditions or from the tips <laughs> yeah so uh i mean if he says he could hold the lead maybe he can't but who knows speaking speaking of holding the lead last time we were here phil blew the lead on the 18th yeah, hole phil really did blow the lead yeah, yeah I, I, that I, was that's one of his meltdowns that's what influenced what i what what, what i said there yeah <laughs> what, what do you have a two shot lead I think he had a. I think it was only one. No, he had maybe, two, maybe, maybe, maybe it was two. I think he had a two-shot lead, and then he. Tri- or I don't know what he did to be honest. But what was he? It? He, he hit it way left. He hit like so far left into the woods. The hit like no, just like a classic fill shot. Didn't, didn't go in the bunker or something. He, I think he he might have gone in the bunker. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I mean, this this was 2006, um, so we weren't that old. We were seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, he made he, he uh, made double in the last uh, hole. He was he was up by one going to the last hole. He made double. That's tough. I think. Okay. Yeah. Still, absolute joke. The job there. <laughs> the final the final winning score was plus five. That's crazy. I hope we see that this week. That'd be nuts. Yeah, we'll get into Jeff that a little bit a little bit later. But the rough the rough this week is really thick. Um, I, did you guys see that video, that like viral video this week, um, where the guy pulls like an Arnold Palmer like can out of the rough? I'm about to watch it. I'm about yeah. to watch it right now. But that's like I can just picture that. Like it's that's just like like you're like oh like what's in the rough? Like what's there? And then he pulls out How this like supposed this to hit can a ball like out of this it. size. You can't you can't hit a ball out of that? That's unbelievable. It doesn't make like I'm trying to think what's it's literally almost as big as this. Yeah, it's like like up three quarters of the way, like right. That's like that's like that's like up. You're not even gonna be able to see your shoes when you hit the ball. That's just like that's why because U.S. Open, but like it's just dumb. I'm I'm waiting to see a video from like Kevin Na, like him throwing the ball in the rough and like yeah, he does that every. He's like one of those guys that does that every tournament. Kevin Na and his caddy did last year. Kevin Na and his caddy Kenny Harms are pretty electric on social media. I think, I think I'm gonna hit the DMs for Kenny Harms uh, one day and try to get him on the show. Definitely. At, at Shinnecock, I dropped my AirPod case into the into the fescue. Thought I was about to lose it. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's worse than a golf ball. That's just gonna sink straight to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you bring your AirPods to the U to the Shinnecock? Um, because I was in Jeek's car. Oh, uh, okay, okay, that makes that makes sense. We went early as hell. I was just like, I don't know, I plugged in some music, took a nap, and then I think I just forgot to take them out of my pocket. <laughs> That'd be brutal. You, like you drop your you drop your AirPods and imagine like walking across the fairway and like drop your AirPods and like the rough or something like that. As you're getting across and you're just like sitting there waiting for that waiting, <laughs> and, like like people are trying to hit and you're like you're frantically looking for your AirPods as they're trying like as you're trying to get off the fairway. <laughs> Uh, that's nightmare scenario. Yeah, that's yeah nightmare. AirPods, feel. AirPods, you can take an L, but let's say if it was like your phone, or your wallet. Oh my god, yeah. Which is something that you have lost before. <laughs> Which you'd probably lose in the rough uh, at the U.S. Uh, Open. Yeah, yeah, lost my phone before. I haven't, I haven't officially lost my wallet. I found it every time I lose it. <laughs> 
did you I, lose your I, wall in the microwave yeah no i told it was fun i was like you you were like i was like telling you like places to check it and then just like as a joke i was like um why don't you check like the microwave in the oven and you check and you're like it was in the microwave i was like you're like you're serious he's like yeah it was Fresh, in the microwave freshman year of college yeah freshman year of college woke up didn't know where my wallet was i was like damn turns out me the night before thought it would be funny to put in the wallet or put in the microwave that was like that was like uh i don't know that was like i'll say that was like high altitude pod day high yes. altitude pod days yes maybe what when, when we did the other podcast oh high no that was before, that was pre-high altitude pod. really that was that long ago honestly yeah. you haven't even talked about that on here ever before if you guys want to see some serious throwback uh oh god like, content <laughs> go to like episode 16 is the last episode of the high altitude podcast on like <laughs> I think it's only on Apple Podcasts, to be honest. <laughs> um, we had an interview with like some random. Oh, I do remember. Louis Paletta, our yeah. biggest fan. He was awesome. He was he was, he was amazing. Great, great guy. Yeah, yeah honestly, he does like a. Um, he's like a, a host for like like La Calle TV, which I've never heard of before. Yeah. But like big basketball fan. Seems like seems like he's pretty good at that. Great yeah. guy. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah. Shout out Louis Paletta. From his Instagram, it seems like he lives a very good lifestyle. Oh, he yes. does. <laughs> he lives in like a high rise in New York City. Yep. But uh, anyway, let's get but back. We're doing that interview here. and like the yeah, that was crazy. Maybe we'll have him back at some point. Maybe play golf. <laughs> I doubt it. That'd be pretty fun. We'll see how far we both come. <laughs> Hopefully, he's a member of like Shinny or something like that. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we don't officially know if we have this interview. We really hope we do. So I'm going to turn it over to that. And if we don't have it, it's just going to go straight into our betting talk, which, you know, we, we're pretty good bettors as well. You know, if we don't if we don't have the interview with being the bookie, um, I'll hit him up and ask him, like, just, like, some quick picks, and we'll just, like, toss it in here. Like, one of us will just say, like, these are being the bookie's picks. Yeah, so at the very least, you can come to this episode – and right after I'm, I, I'm talking, you're either going to hear Beaton the Bookie talk about his picks or you're going to hear them from us. So, yeah. Or a few of them at least. So, let's get into that. Okay, as promised before, we have on our first recurring guest of the year, uh, Beaton the Bookie's back for uh, the U.S. Open this week. Um, we had him on for the PGA Championship a couple weeks ago, um, and it was really great. So, uh, welcome back. Thanks. I'm happy to be back. I um, got a lot of positive reception last time I came on. And just looking forward to some golf this weekend. Yeah, so yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, so going right into that, let's just hop right into it. Um, this week we got the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Um, obviously, it's known to be one of the harder courses out there. Um, yeah. Just by looking at the conditions this week, uh, the rough is high. The greens are super fast, um, just like most U.S. Opens. Um, going to be a tough one. Uh, what kind of players do you think have an advantage here this week? Um, like, what kind of play style fits the U.S. Open? I think one of those like grinded out guys that you know. I think you know Kepka, his style would be perfect for this because mm-hmm. I mean at this course you could get a few bogeys and it's practically meaningless because everybody's going to be having bogeys. Mm. Um, I I saw a video of the 18th green and it's got so much slope on it that you know I think it's it's wild. Um, the U.S. they they always try to you know prove themselves and make golf hard, you know make these golf tournaments hard and stuff. I mean, when Jeff Ogilvie won this in 2006, he shot a five over. 
Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mentioned that earlier in the podcast. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> and just looking at all the videos that have come out this week, uh, like the greens look crazy, lightning fast, uh, sloped all over the place. So yeah. going to be a lot I of this week. Like a really cons- I think a consistent player who just is like really consistent with his irons, um, like a Webb Simpson, mm-hmm. um, Dustin Johnson. I mean, right now, how could you really bet against Dustin Johnson? Because yeah. Dustin Johnson's been playing. You know, he destroyed the field in Boston with a 30 under. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he won a tournament with, uh, you know, a two under. Uh, no, he was just, in the, you know, almost won a tournament at BMW. In the playoff, yeah. Um, and then he won the uh, the players. Um, so Dustin Johnson's pretty pretty well suited for any course there is right now. Like the PGA Championship, he almost won that also. Uh, and that played harder. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, I think Dustin Johnson has an, an advantage right now over like a John Rahm because, you know, I think he's more consistent right now. Um, and Dustin, you know, if Dustin hits a bad tee shot and gets a penalty or something like that, he's not going to have that, you know, mental blow up and get pissed like, you know, Rahm like rolled on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's on true. I didn't, think, didn't even really think about that. I mean, I, mean I, I guess we'll just jump down right to that because like, we one of our questions is going to be DJ or Rahm, and you kind of said DJ. Um uh, what we do find interesting about Rom, though, is he won two events that were kind of in harder conditions, the Memorial and the BMW, obviously. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people might be targeting him this week um, as a winner pick just because he's won those, those events. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you can't go wrong betting John Rom like in this event. I mean, he's been playing great golf. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've, they've both been playing great golf, and I just think DJ's been a little more consistent right now. Um, we I saw agree, we, yeah. we saw you know we saw Rom going good in the in the tour championship last week until he seemed to blow up on like a three hole stretch, right? Which pretty much ended ended the the chase right there. But um, I think you know you can't go wrong with either of those guys, and you know like good ball strikers like you know Webb Simpson, consistent guys. I think like a Kevin Na, uh, I like a Justin Thomas um, could play well. I I, I think uh, you know I'm not big on Rory. This weekend, like like I told you guys last time, what's he really done? He's done nothing since then. He, I mean, um, so I mean, he he is a father now, so I think maybe yeah. his his mind's a little off some places and stuff like that. Um, but I just think one of those consistent guys. I could see like a Shane Lowry doing well here, even a Sergio Garcia. I mean, Sergio Garcia, he's been playing all right. Um, his putter's been kind of off lately. It was off last weekend at the Safeway. Um, but those guys who are well equipped to handle these, you know, these really tough kind of like European style courses, I think I think they'll do very very well here. Matsuyama, like a Matsuyama could do well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so going off that, like where's like like maybe some of those players as well, but where are some players you're targeting? Where are some players you're fading? I know you mentioned Rory and Shane Lowry, someone you can maybe uh, target. Rory, someone to fade. Yeah. So my so my biggest. uh, I mean, two matchups that I like this weekend are, you know, Daniel Berger versus Bryson DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. I think Berger has been playing like a lot more one. consistent. Uh, DeChambeau, I wouldn't be surprised if DeChambeau misses the cut. You know, the, I think the cut will be like, people think the cut will be like 10 over maybe. Um, I, crazy. I read it. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, and DeChambeau has just been playing so bad, you know, just so yeah. bad lately. It's like he fell apart after. You know, at the memorial when he got he got a ten on that one hole, he just he just fell apart since then. He, he's been just playing terrible. Um, so I like Berger over him at minus one hundred five, and I like mm-hmm. Justin Thomas minus one twenty five against Rory. Um, I think this is the kind of course where Justin Thomas can do well, um, and and it's really suited for Justin Thomas because he could be behind four shots and you know 
make up that difference in three holes, exactly. especially when he gets hot. Um, so those are two matchups that I do like. <clears throat> Who I'm favoring this weekend is definitely DeChambeau mm-hmm. and Tiger. I just, I just, I think Tiger is just mentally getting ready for the Masters. Um, and this is a really tough tournament. Um, so I think it's like when you, you know, the Masters when Tiger's making good shots, he's getting a lot of uh, confidence in himself and stuff like that. But this tournament, you know, if he, you know, Tiger comes off the tee into the rough. Um, it's just, it's easy to see him losing confidence early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I get so, that. I mean, yeah, but, like I mean, when, when Tiger I'm goes to Augusta. I'm not actively fading him, but uh-huh. I mean, uh, my, my one fade is really uh, Bryson DeChambeau on this one. Gotcha. I mean, just talking about Tiger and the Masters, when Tiger gets to the Masters, I feel like he could play Augusta with his eyes closed. Like, he just played it that many times. Like, he just yeah. knows it that well. I mean, coming to a place like Wingfoot, I mean, I know it was 2006, but the last time he played Wingfoot, he didn't even make the cut. And this was, like, prime Tiger. So, um, it is definitely it, it, a tough course. Even a guy like I could fade. I mean, it hates me to say this, but like Jordan Spieth. I mean, because yeah. if he's not if he's not if he's not finding fairways here, he's gonna have trouble. I mean, mm-hmm. looking for that looking for that ball in that in that higher in that high rough. Um, I really hope they have a lot of marshals out and a lot of volunteers out to look for balls. <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna see a lot of penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys losing balls, and I could see a guy like Jordan Spieth just falling apart quick. I mean, I could also see a guy like Jordan Spieth winning this one. Um, but uh, he's just been playing such, you know, so poorly lately. I mean, not even making the cut at the Safeway Open. I mean, this is like, yeah. this is basically like the, the, I mean, the lowest spot of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I mean, DeChambeau and Spieth would probably be, you know, two good fades in, in this spot. Now, a guy that is very interesting to me uh, this week is Colin Morikawa. I feel like he's not getting as much, uh, like talk going into this week as yeah. it was previously um just because of how like the tour championship played out and how good dj yeah. and rom are playing um i mean how well do you think more could play this week especially coming off the pga championship win it's you know i i feel like morikawa you know has it you know at first glance you would think like he's playing well he's not he's not playing well coming into this his last his last few tournaments he had a torch championship he did he did you know well towards the end um but he struggled in the first round um and he he struggled at Northern Trust, which was like the easiest golf course. I mean, I don't know if the golf course was easier. DJ just destroyed it, but mm-hmm. I mean, he he was he was over you know one over par in Northern Trust when you know DJ was thirty under. Um, so it, he seems like he's playing the easy golf courses like poorly right now, and he's playing the hard golf courses good. Um, so I would actually you know lean to him doing pretty well in this one. Um, because it's a it's a hard course, and I think it you know it suits his game on. Well. He he he's really even uh, even tempered, um, so I could see him you know not getting worse or somebody else is going to get mad with say back to back bogey. Like I could see him just you know keeping it inside and just you know going on to the next hole because you know trying not to get too angry. Um, he does a really good job with that. Um, so I think Morikawa. And you know he has a good chance, and you know a lot of people are probably low on him since he's not playing that great coming into this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think a guy like that has a shot, especially when you know if the winner is expected to be like one over par or one under par. You know, a guy who can just keep it close. You know, every hole, they'll they'll be right there at the end. I mean, I don't I don't see like anybody distancing from the field so much where like nobody can catch up on the final day. Yeah, you talked about consistent players and like like Webb Simpson, like Colin Mukawa is probably the definition of that. After after you played the PGA, just fairway like fairway great great iron shots, great putter, like it's perfect for that for this course. Seems like. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a t- typical Long Island course. Um, so, I, I mean, I can't stand when they have these uh, in, in Long Island because, you know, the course is going to play hard. Yeah. Um, the long, the long rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be like a test of will. And I, I really think, I mean, right now, I think it's so hard to bet against Dustin Johnson that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I really like him in this one. But his odds, like I said, his odds are going to be low. They're low. So I'd rather wait until DJ started maybe the first round a little slow. And then you get a little more value for your money. I like that. Absolutely. That's a good plan. Um, who's somebody that might be like a sleeper or a long shot? Somebody that doesn't have a lot of buzz around them right now. Um, like who's somebody that might surprise us this week uh, going into the US Open? I, I think a guy playing like decent golf right now is Kevin Na. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's always one of those guys that can hang right around par. And then sometimes he'll get on fire for like a five-hole stretch, you know, birdie, 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 you know, play good with his irons. His his injury seems like it's like a little bit behind him now. He seems a little bit healthier, and he's 150 to 1. Um, That's crazy. You, know, you, you give me Kevin Na 151 at a tournament where the winner's expected to be right around par, you know, I'll take that line all day. Um, so Kevin, Kevin Na for a sleeper, um, that's, that's who I've got right there. And then – this wasn't really on our show notes, but I just thought about it. How about the defending champ, Gary Woodland? I mean, he's way down there in the odds yeah. right now. And like for a defending champ, that's crazy. I mean, I know it's going to play a lot different than Pebble Beach, but yeah. um, what do you think about him? He's just been playing poorly, too. Like him and Billy Horschel, like, I feel like they're like the same, like the same player. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they'll put together a good round, and then they'll just do three rounds where it's like, what are you doing? And Gary started out the season playing really well. But it seems like he goes on these three-hole stretches where he shoots five over par, that just ends the round for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you know, I think a lot of guys will be in this one because the winner is not expected to go so low. Um, so I think I, you know, a lot of guys if they you know get a bogey here and there at this tournament, they're not going to lose their confidence where they would in you know, like the you know, um, the Northern Trust or something like that. So. I think there's a lot of guys that can easily win it, um, and it just—it's gonna be—it's gonna be an exciting tournament. Um, it might not be too fun to watch, like on the eyes, if you're looking for scoring. Um, but then again, I, I really wouldn't be—I wouldn't be surprised if the winner shot, you know, four under either. Um, but I don't see like—I don't see anybody going like ten under or something like that. That's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like last Because um, <laughs> some of these guys just get hot, and you know, it's like lights out. So. Yeah. It'll be exciting to watch. I mean, I don't. A lot of people are like picking like Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, stuff like that. But I just haven't seen anything from Tommy Fleetwood this season that you know would make me want to back him. I mean, Adam Scott is a guy who could do well. Um, but you know, asking for Adam Scott to play four good rounds is like you know pulling teeth. Right. He hasn't played that much either. So <laughs> he has not played that much at all. Um, I mean, we'll give away our picks right now. I mean, Trev went with Rom uh, because, you mean, I mean, the harder courses and stuff like that. And um, I'm very high on Xander Shoffley this week. He kind of always hangs around yeah. the top in events like this. Um, Love Xander, too. Great golf. Um, I, mean, I, think I, he could, I, could, I think he could do really well also. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, like, consistent as well. Yeah. I, think Pat, I think Pat actually picked Fleetwood, so uh, not a good look for him right now. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely he? capable. He just has a Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then last thing, uh, this is something that we kind of, we're getting close on, but first round leaders, they're so hard to pick, but, uh, who do you have, do you have a guy that you're leaning towards first round leader? Well, I mean, two first round leaders that I, I always like to take a look at, and I think that their game suits perfectly, like, 
for this tournament um, is Matsuyama. He's 40 to 1, first round leader. I mean, this is a guy who can easily go out in first round anywhere and shoot a 63, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere. Not, not that he's going to shoot a 63 here, but I mean, he can do that. He's capable of that anytime, any tournament. And Webb Simpson. Um, Webb Simpson, he's been playing a little poorly lately, um, but it seems like this is the perfect time that he could turn around his game. And he's always a great first round leader bet. So Matsuyama and Webb Simpson, they're both 40 to 1. Yeah, we actually did the podcast last night, and Webb Simpson was one of the guys we pointed out. Just based on the fact that he'll manage the course, you know he'll manage the course pretty well. Um, if he stays around even par, uh, that could be your first-round leader. Your first-round leader could be over par. Because yeah, so. the guys like you know DJ, Rom, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, I mean, those guys usually start out like kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I could see Matsuyama getting hot and then just fading uh, the next few rounds, but... I mean, you can never go wrong betting Matsuyama and Webb Simpson at first round leader. So, do you like the all the carnage in the U.S. Open, or do you just like, or do you like the high scoring like thirty under DJ kind of events? Uh, I mean the, the, you know, the Northern Trust. I mean, he was just crushing everybody. So it made yeah. like it made the final round uneventful. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, I, I like the the carnage ones. I mean, it just depends on, like, what I'm betting. Um, if, I'm taking, true, like, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm taking, like, if I'm taking the full tournament score under or whatever, and, you know, I got, you know, they're doing, like, the U.S. Open in Shinnecock where, um, or the PGA Championship or whatever it was, um, where the, you know, one over is winning the tournament, um, and I have an underscore, um, I'm not going to like it. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself playing total, total score under for this tournament. Yeah. I would play the play the over if anything. I'm still still waiting for that number to come out. Right. Um, but this is a tournament where I, I would bet like the over on the cut line, and I would bet the over on the the total score winner. And I don't really care. I mean, I think it was getting too easy. Like I think these par fours and stuff were just getting too easy. Or like guys like DeChambeau and stuff, they were reaching the green and you know on on their tee shots and stuff. Um, so it's it's nice to see guys not just destroy and dominate a golf course. I agree. Um, it's nice to see them struggle sometimes, um, so I really don't mind it. It's it's fun to see them frustrated. You know, it's fun to see uh, Bryson DeChambeau get frustrated. Yeah, you know, Definitely. so <laughs> and then I, hit I, a three I, wood I, three times and make a ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do fun. think like the the memorial was like a little extreme, where like they didn't really care because they're like burning the course after anyways. Mm-hmm. So they just let it go, go to total crap. I think that was like a little extreme. Um, I like the, you know, if the winner is around like four, three, four under that, that would be totally fine with me. Um, I just, I, I'd like, I would like to see some carnage, but I would like to see some guys play it well too. Like use more strategy instead of just like pure brute, you know, mm-hmm. I think I that's agree. what, I think that's where I got like Dustin Johnson's evolved. You know, he's not trying to hit the 400 yard drive anymore. You know, he's playing with, you know, playing smarter stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun great. to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We look look forward to it. Um, thank you for coming on. Uh, no problem. Um, I mean, if you want to shout out your your channels and stuff like that, um, go ahead. I know you have your package for this week. Yeah, I mean, I've had a package every week of this season. It seems. I mean, I, I have. So, um, I have my U.S. Open package. It goes out on Wednesday night at around eight p.m. I take signups until like one a.m. Eastern on Thursday, mainly because I don't I don't want to stay up all night just sending out the plays. Um, but it's nine. It's ninety nine dollars, and it includes all the bets. You know, first round leader, all matchups, stuff like that. Um, it'll have a couple max plays for the tournament on there, 
Uh, my PJ Maxx plays are 35 and 6 all time. Um, Insane. I've actually, <laughs> Pretty, it, yes, I was, 20, I was 20, 28 and 2, so I'm like 7 and 4 my last 11. So, I mean, been getting a little angry there, but um, <laughs> as long as I stay away from Billy Horschel this weekend, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, definitely well worth it. Uh, we know from experience um, the package is totally worth it. So, if you guys uh, are looking to make money this week, definitely check it out. I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, maybe before the Masters, I can come on again, and we can talk about that major. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Uh, have you on for all the majors. Of course. Majors. We'll hope to see you then. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, bud. No problem. No problem. Talk to you guys later. So, don't really know what you just listened to, but you listened to some beating the bookie picks, definitely, for sure. Um, so, let's get into our betting. We'll hand over to Jeek for the course preview. This one, this one's a great course preview because, of course, it's a winged foot. So, let's get into that. Yeah, so U.S. Open Week, Wingfoot Golf Club. Um, there's actually two courses there, but uh, they, like, combine them, kind of, like, combine a couple holes to play the U.S. Open. Um, the U.S. Open plays yeah, part. They, I think there's, like, one or two holes that they, like, take out one of the courses and put it on the other, and just to make it longer. Um, anyway, they play a par 70, 74, 69, uh, Poa Grass, Poa Greens, which is not, like, for a Northeast course, like, Poa is not that common. It's usually, like, bent grass. Um, a little tidbit there. Um, it's a long course for a par 70 again. Uh, another major for par 70, um, which is interesting. Um, long, thick, rough, rough, lightning fast greens. Pretty much just like any U.S. Open. Those are like the big characteristics. Uh, one thing I do find interesting, there's zero water hazards at wing foot. But the course is really tight and tree-lined. So accuracy off the tee is kind of a must. Um, Trev mentioned this before, but the winning score in 2006, which was the last U.S. Open, was plus 5. And the low round of that tournament was only a 68, which is two under. <laughs> so uh, don't expect the, the boys to be scoring that much this week. Um, three out of the four par, par fours. I don't know why it says par fours. Um, <laughs> three out of the four par fours. Or par threes. It's par threes. Three out of the four par threes are over 200 yards, which is interesting. Um, some long par threes. Um, long two of the par... Yeah, two of the, there's two par fives. One is over 600. One is just under 600. Um, and the par fours range anywhere from 321, which is drivable, to uh, 504. Um, at, just by looking at these like stats and stuff, uh, I think the key stats this week will be strokes gained, ball striking. Um, you could kind of substitute that with strokes gained approach, but if you're good at strokes gained approach, you're going to be good at strokes gained, ball striking. Um, fairways gained is a big one. Um, you can also partner that with strokes gained off the tee. So look at either of those stats. Um, cause like you could look at fairways gains, just see Brendan Todd and be like, or Jim fear or something like, and be like, yeah, those are the guys. Um, par fours gained 450 to 500 yards. Um, there's a bunch of these. Um, this is an important stat at, um, these par 70 courses that are kind of in the 7,500 yard range, um, and proximity from 200 plus yards. Um, basically because of the par threes that are over 200 yards and the fact that the par fours are going to be a little long. Um, previous winners of the U.S. Opens, um, I think most of you guys know this, but Gary Woodland won last year, Brooks Kepka the two years before that, DJ and Spieth. Um, once you're getting before that, it's not really much of a factor. Um, course horses, I'm not going to pick any course horses because it's kind of tough the last time they played the U.S. Open here was 2006, so... I wouldn't make course horses much of a factor. Exactly, I wouldn't exactly call Phil Mickelson a course horse because, like, the competition. I'm not. I'm not digging like competition back then, but like, the competition nowadays is just so infinitely better. 
Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Phil, and Phil Definitely. is also like 50 now. <laughs> so he looks a lot different. You see his post. I saw the Twitter, post. Though, he looks like when he was 36. Yeah, he went on that huge diet. A lot um, different. A lot leaner, Phil. Um, still hitting bombs. But, still hitting. <laughs> yes. Use better um, clubs. So is everyone. So yes. so 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 apparently there's like oh, there's actually a lot of holes that are combined on the course, which is that's kind what of, I thought. Like I looked, there's like a map, there's a huge map, and it's like it's like all over the place. But yeah, so like if, you're, if you're a hole, member, the 18th hole that Phil played on, uh, I don't think, I don't think that's the 18th. I mean, maybe it is still his 18th hole. I'm not sure. But, I mean, they, uh, they went through a bunch of like since 2006. They obviously went through a bunch of like renovations and stuff to make the course longer. So. Um, it is interesting. Now it sucks if you're a member there because like you can't really play either course while this is like all going on. Like if you go to a place like Baltistraw, you could play the other course. But um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, with that being said, we could get right into our DFS picks. Who wants so, to start? well, let's start with the high salary guys. Guys, of course. Um, last week, Pat kind of mentioned Ches Revi as a high salary guy. He liked. Um, he ended up finishing solo second. So. That was a good pick. My, my personal picks, not so great. <laughs> the high salary guy, pretty good. My lineup was good on skins. You guys follow Golf City Bets. My lineup was decent. Jeeks was really good. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, first high salary guy, we're going to go with Xander Shoffley at 10,100. Um, we'll get into this a little bit later because Trev and I both really like Xander Shoffley this week. But basically, um, he shows up in big tournaments. Um, so uh, and he's been playing well. So we're love gonna, Xander. We'll, we'll get into love the stats. Xander. We'll get into the stats later on. So stay. I tuned also like Xander Shoffley, but I'm not going to like just uh, hop on your train like and right. Yeah, not, yeah. Like, just whenever that happens, whenever like that Xander happens, Shoffley. whenever that happens, it, it kind of goes south for us. Pin high curve. <laughs> yes. You know, it's not the. It's not like the chicklets bump, like the pin high bump. It's like the pin high like curse. Yes. If we really it like. If we all now. pick a guy might not work out except for the pga championship where we all picked more in our lineup and he won yeah that's true, true. wait or maybe major so maybe 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 yeah, maybe, 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 maybe it's maybe major majors. things maybe that's they don't thing. call me patty majors for nothing <laughs> um, uh i kind of just listed rom and dj because i feel like this is like their tournament to shine like one of those guys is going to be in the top five most likely um their salaries are so high though so i would i personally would stay away from them in a DraftKings lineup but if you think one of them is going to win like you might as well put them in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That is kind of like risky, of course, because they're so high, and it's such it's a course where you can really fall apart. But they've both proven that they can play well at difficult courses. Right, and like U.S. Opens, just in general, always kind of favor like like guys who hit, or longer hitters who hit fades. So that kind of is DJ and Rom longer hitters who hit fades. Uh, just look last year at Gary Woodland, um, like a mid to long hitter, very good ball striker, um, hits that, like, hits a fade almost every time for his driver. Like, I don't mm. know. Just something about U.S. Open courses just kind of favor that. Right. Um, with that being said, uh, Pat, you can start with your picks. Okay. I'll go with my first one. I actually just changed this in the middle of the episode because I had this weird tingly feeling. And I have this weird tingly feeling with NHL uh teams all the time for example i bet the stars to win the stanley cup this year not doing not doing too shabby right now um so tony fino uh, you're going over everything you know long hitter can hit a fade 
Um, you're saying good from 450 to 500 yard par fours. I remember from just like past tournaments that he's pretty efficient on those par fours. And he's also, I remember seeing on a article when we were researching a different tournament that he's one of the most efficient par three scores on par threes over 200 yards. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Tony Finau. I feel like he's good. He's good for like a, like a T6. He's not going yeah, to win. Not to win. Tony not Finau. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico curse, yeah. But I will say a T6 wouldn't be too shabby out of him. Was he mm-hmm. 9,100? Not bad. 9,100. Not bad. not bad. I bet you could pair him and, and Shoffley together like pretty easily. I can see that. Um, yeah. I haven't. I, personally, I haven't filled out my lineup yet, so we'll see. But I have um, not. Like sometimes when you're filling out a lineup, you just feel so good about one. Like last week, I filled out the lineup and I was like, I feel good about this. So um, we'll see if that happens this week. Hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go next. Um, also, just last week, Doc Redman T third. Uh, McNeely got cut, but right on the cut line. Anyway, uh, first pick. I'm gonna go with Jason Day, 8800. Um, just by looking at the stats, 24, 29th in par 4s, 450 to 500, which is pretty good. Uh, 13th in proximity from 200 plus, which is also very good. Also, he's first in strokes gained around the green, so if he is going to miss the green, um, he's he could recover pretty easily. Um, he had that really good stretch um, a couple weeks ago where he was, uh, like, he it included a T4 at the Memorial and a T4 at the PGA, and he was, like, top 10s in, like, four straight starts. Um and I just think he's the type of golfer that could win at a tough course like this in the U.S. Open, um, especially just kind of comparing it to the Memorial a little bit. Like the Memorial was a really tough condition, like golf course, and he played pretty well there. So um, I don't know. I just kind of have a hunch about Jason Day this week. I just think he's going to okay. show up. That's a big theme of mine for uh, who I picked, like my winner and this first pick, Matthew Fitzpatrick. is playing well at Murfield at the Memorial and Olympia Fields. Uh, so I'll pick Matthew Fitzpatrick, finished third at Murfield, T6 at Olympia, Olympia Fields. Argu- you could say arguably like played the second best in those courses behind John Rahm all year. He's only 8,000, only 8, and he's 16th in strokes gained total, second in strokes gained putting, so you know he's going to have an advantage on those lightning quick greens. So I like him at uh, 8,000 salary. And he's also like, I mean, eight thousand for him is pretty. I think it's pretty good value, pretty just in general I, as well. He was yeah. very up and down for a couple of weeks. Like he played really well. He was. Memorial, and then he was like not that great the week after. And I feel really like well every not that great. English, I feel like every English golfer is like, just kind of like that. <laughs> consistently, middle. Like consistently plays well at, at difficult golf courses, but doesn't score well like at like a. Safeway open. I mean, there was, mm-hmm. I think Matthew Fitzpatrick had a really good run at one point, and then he kind of like had one bad tournament, and he's kind of doing this like every other tournament thing. So um, he could either be like amazing or like it could be not a great day for him. Like that, I forget <laughs> what tournament it was, but like he was playing a tournament a couple weeks ago, and just nothing was going his way. Like he was like, wasn't playing like awful, but like he would hit a shot and it would like hit something like like a weird bounce or something go the wrong way it's just like he the golf gods weren't on his side that week he, so. he, he also he also finished t6 at the world wgc fedex st jude too so i'm, I'm i like that i kind of I, like I like that pick especially in the middle of the road there eight thousand. exactly so i'll go my next pick our guy ches Revy. talk about hayden the fairway seventh in driving accuracy lot in the 1920 season played really well last week t3 last week and finished T3 last year at the U.S. Open. 
and he's 29th in strokes gain approach and you like obviously he's playing decent form uh hits in the fairway i think 6900 is a great value for a guy and he's so underrated like mm-hmm. definitely he's like because he's, he's, like, he's not the flashy he's, like the he's not a flashy golfer yeah he's you literally know, the, he's the 41st ranked golfer in the world and he's 6900 on salary it's crazy you know, podcast you know that we've been on the ches Reeve train since for, day one since day, day one. one on day mm-hmm. one were we kind of chirping him maybe maybe <laughs> we don't have to go back to that <laughs> yeah would love to pull up that clip but at the same time we got on the train very quickly mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's just like he's not a flat like i was saying before he's not a flashy golfer he's not gonna hit it like bryson does he doesn't really hit it that far at all but like and like efficient golf i mean ches Reeve plays some of the most efficient golf on tour so definitely um at 6900 is kind of a steal especially Perf- how well he yeah, played last definitely. week um now with that being said you you mentioned last year um i'm gonna pick last year's u.s open winner gary woodland at 7800 <laughs> now i don't think that really correlates much at all like going into this year because pebble didn't really play that hard last year i think the winning score was 13 Did. under um yes yeah, i fully expect the score to be around par or over par um, this year so I don't think that correlates much but just like diving into the stats he's 10th in strokes gain approach he's obviously always been a good ball striker um, he's 38th in strokes gain putting this year so he's kind of figured out his putting um, and just like as a defending champ I feel like you go into a tournament as a defending champ with like a like a bit of a chip on your shoulder a little bit I don't know I feel like you you feel like you're the man kind of going to that tournament um, and uh, like you feel like you need to win it again kind of like Brooks Kepka a couple years ago where he went back to back US Opens like you just kind of go into the tournament being that guy. Um, and so, like, at, that being said, at 7,800, that's pretty nice value for the defending champ. And also, he finished T33 at the BMW, T22 at the Memorial, which were two courses of harder conditions. That um, was the that was a tournament. He, we had him first-round leader, and he finished, like, one off or something like that, yeah, too. Like, exactly. He played well that first. He played great so that he, first he could day. Play, he could play well in tough conditions. Um, if the wind is up, which I honestly don't really expect, like, Gary Wilson's one of the best players when when the wind's up because he could keep that that ball Stinger. low. Yeah, which is probably why he. That's really the reason he won the U.S. Open last year is because like the windy mm-hmm. conditions at Pebble, he was able to keep the ball low. But um, T22 in proximity from 200 plus. Um, I feel like Gary Wilson's been at like the middle of the road in salary for a lot of these big tournaments, and like when you see his name down there as a, a major winner, like like not like pretty recently i feel like you got to pick him yeah i agree i like that pick I like it especially that value it's per- i think it's perfect yeah i think it's great value i think um, some more great value um brendan todd 7400 i mean he's just played some of the best golf for somebody who's he's played the best golf for somebody who's probably in the 7000s this week is that mm-hmm. is that accurate that's pretty accurate. Oh, I, I definitely, best golf, he's playing like best golf, like top 10, like all year best golf. Yeah, exactly. I love how, uh, I love how, like, we can't go an episode without one of us picking him to do Dude, something. I thought, I, 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 I was literally about to pick Brendan Todd. I was, I was deciding between Brendan Todd and Ches because I thought Brendan Todd's like, okay, hit fairways. That's what you can do. That's all he's going to do. I mean, do. I'm looking at the 7,000s right now. There's a lot of names that pop out to me. I mean. Matthew Wolf, yeah. uh, Harris English, uh, Kevin Kisner has been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Cameron Champ played well at the PGA. Siwoo Kim. I mean, there's a lot of names. 
I think it, it, it Brendan Todd has some interesting, just an interesting val like uh, value, interesting like ceiling in this tournament. I feel like he's a very high ceiling. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more of a football term, but he has a very high ceiling in this in this in this tournament because he's great around the green. He's great. He's a great putter. Hits fairways. He really just kind of has to ball strike, which you know he's been doing recently. Um, I wonder what a I wonder what a Brendan Todd to make the cut is, because I feel like that like just talking about like course management and stuff like that. I feel like Brendan Todd's the type of guy who could like manage the course well and like will make the cut. He definitely. I mean, I'm gonna he's minus one eighty six to make the cut. Okay. I'm looking at his ball striking recently. Yeah, I mean it's not terrible. Like it's it's not fantastic, but it's just one of those things where if he turns on his 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 ball striking, that's the only thing where he's lit kind of lacking. Mm -hmm. So it's his ceiling. I feel his ceiling with 7400 is pretty damn high. If right. it, Larry, if he if he hits fairways, he has such a leg up on the field. Like we just saw that video of the Arnold Palmer Arnold Palmer can in the rough. If he hits fairways, that's so much of an advantage. Going for the greens and like scoring, so no, like, just, like that rough is like, like a, a guy like Cam is not gonna be able to hit it well out of the rough. He's not uh, gonna hit it well out of the rough. And I'm, I'm just kind of if like, he hits the fairways every time. I see like a little bit of a common theme with all of our picks so far. Like pretty much everybody that we've picked ha are they're all really good iron players. Yeah. Just about everyone that we picked. I mean, Tony Finau's a good iron player. Gary Woodman's one of the best in the world. Jason Day, uh. Ches Reeve is a very good iron player. Brendan Todd is a good iron player. So that's he's just, not a fantastic iron player. But I just he, think he manages he's it. Good, well. He's, he's good a good long. He's, he's a good long iron player. player. He's a good yes. long iron player. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it, not necessarily going to win, but he's one of those guys where, like Trevor said, it's such an advantage uh, mm -hmm. to hit the fairway and just you know keep on doing it instead of guys that will just start putting it everywhere and just start falling behind. I agree. So with that being said, uh, let's go on to bets. Right. I'll start with bets. Okay, go ahead, Trev. So I got my winner. I said it a couple weeks ago after he won at Olympia Fields, John Rahm, plus 10,000. I'm riding him. Played the best by far at the toughest courses this year. One at Murfield, one at Olympia Fields. I think his his results are like ridiculous. He's He's... What finished fourth at the Tour Championship, T6 Northern Trust, first BMW, T13 PGA, first the Memorial. He's just he's on tear. I feel like he takes like a couple term. He has like a couple tournaments like where he plays like really well, and then he just turns it on for like when it matters most so far. Agreed. And I'm I'm banking on him to win his first major this week at Wingfoot. I think he's a really good shot. And I'll go my best bet to uh, Xander Schauffele. Top twenty minus one twenty five. I think this is an absolute steal. I think he always plays well in the brightest lights. He could, I could definitely see him winning. Uh, he's top ten six of his last twelve major six of his only twelve major starts. And again, his results past few weeks are ridiculous. T two last week, finished T twenty five with the Northern Trust and BMW, but then T ten PGA, T six were at WGC FedEx St Jude. Uh, and T13 at Memorial, he plays well when the, the field's at its best, and he plays well when the stakes are the highest, and I love Xander this week. Absolutely yeah, so love Xander. I'm just going to hop right into my picks now that you made that, because my winner is going to be Xander Shoffley at plus 1,600. Um, 
And like honestly, I wanted to pick DJ Aram, but like I just couldn't do it. I don't like picking like the mm-hmm. favorite. And so I'll pick the guy that's right on, under them. Um, and you can't argue that like like you can argue that no one is really on a better run than Xander is right now, besides DJ and Rom, who have just been playing lights out. I mean, if you look at his last ten starts, which are the, all the starts um, after COVID, like from the return, um, he's finished top twenty five in nine out of ten of them, and he's made the cut in all of them. Um, he had a T two finish last week at the Tour Championship, um, which he was down a lot of strokes like to begin with, so he came back. Uh, I think he was down eight strokes to start with, so. Um, he definitely gained a lot of ground there. And I think if that tournament started off like as an even like tournament where everybody started off at the same, he might have won it. Um, also, he's 7th in strokes game ball strike and 21st in par 4s, 450 to 500. Um, played solid at the BMW, solid at the Memorial. Um, and 8th in strokes gain off the tee. So um, just as a player that's not DJ or Rom, I feel like Xander Shoffley has a really good shot at it this week. I agree. And then my best bet... Um, I saw this and I was like, I feel like I have to take it. Um, I'm going to go Dustin Johnson, top five American player, um, plus 100. It's even money. Um, just based on how he's playing, I feel like he's going to be top five, like in the tournament overall. So being a top five American player at even money, I mean, I I feel like he's going to be there. American feels deep. I like, I I mean, I mean, him finishing finishing outside the top, him finishing outside the top five would be a surprise. I mean, it's just, just, he's probably going to finish top 10 or top five. This is how I could pick him without picking him to win pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I could have picked him as top American player plus 500, but like, why would I take that bet? If I'm going to take that bet, I might as well pick him to win. So yeah. Top five. Um, so for my winner, I got Tommy Fleetwood this week. Also, just not really trying to go with uh, with Rom or DJ, just because who really wants to hear that as a pick? Like, it doesn't take a take a genius to be like, oh yeah, I think Rom or DJ might win this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then, if, like you, the then if you do get it right, I mean, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially I mean, I like Travis Trav's picking Rom, he has him at plus a thousand, which is good good value. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like the Xander pick, but Fleetwood. Great, great off the tee. Great putter. Great around the green. Ball striking. Can't really take his stats into into account that much because he doesn't play in PGA Tour a ton. So he can't take his PGA Tour stats into into account that much. Um, but he's a pretty he's a pretty good long iron player. So I feel like uh, another one of those guys like uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick that can contend in tournaments like this. Just also, uh, also Tommy Fleetwood's like. At the U.S. Open, he has a great track record. Like, he finished yeah, second to uh, Shincock and to Aaron Hills. He played great, too. That was the first time I ever heard of him. I'm like, who is this guy with long hair? Awesome. And then he played great at Shincock, too. He's coming in hot, too. He uh, finished mm-hmm. T-third in the Portugal Masters last week. Yeah. Where I can't name, <laughs> a, single pl- I can't name, I can't name a single player that was in the field besides him. And my best bet, I don't know if you remember him, but is it Michael Lorenzo Vera? He was in the PJ Championship. He right. played incredibly well the whole entire time, especially in the I first have, first couple of rounds. For, like, yeah, first I, round. I chipped betting against him and he beat me in it. Like I think I was betting against him the whole week and like uh-huh. just kept beating me. Top French player. Um, the next one is our guy uh, Victor Perez, and then the other two I'm, I never even heard of. So, I I mean the guy I mean he played sick at the PGA Championship. Good European Tour player. I think he, I think. 
there's only four French players. I, th- I think 138 is pretty good value. I love yeah. the nationality bets. Love them. Like honestly, I I was ready to go for the top Canadian player again. I, I feel like I was hot, I'm hot picking Canadians, but uh, yeah. Also, I, I kind of I looked at this. I kind of like Louis Ustase and top South African player over like Van Royen and Christian Bizundut. Okay, I feel like I feel like Trev Trev's like the South Africa specialist. Dude, I'm the Canadian specialist. I don't know what Pat specializes in. But maybe after this week, it's the French guys. The French specialist, yeah. I think you pronounce it uh, Christian Gazuntai. Gazuntai. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's how we're gonna pronounce it. Now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, first round leaders. We also have Tommy Fleetwood for the same reasons. But he's also plus four thousand in that, which you know, I mean, first round leader bets. We're gonna hit one of these, and somebody's gonna bet it, and it's gonna be su- it's gonna be such a good hit. It's like ten to win four hundred. Come on. The funny and part then, is, you, we've been you, getting you, so close. <laughs> like, we've been getting really close on these first round leaders, like just barely off. Um, Brendan Steele last week in a first round, right? I don't even know if we picked the first round leader last week. Last week was a weird week, kind of a throwaway. Did, did you not have Brendan Steele? We, I think we did a Brent Steele. Okay. Um, he, which he, he was really close. I actually, I actually bet on him. He was so yeah. close. I was watching him the whole time. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the next one, we're going to go with Webb Simpson. Uh, Pat was like, I was like, so who are we going to pick for first round leaders? And Pat's like, well, who's a guy that's going to like manage the court course and like play well in the first round, like potentially. Um, and the first name that came to my mind was Webb Simpson. So. He's like the definition of that, like manage the course and like just keep himself in it. Yep, short short hitter, but like of course you know not that short, short for the PGA Tour. But accurate, yeah, accurate, 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 accurate ball striker. Just solid player. Pretty, uh, good putter. <laughs> and he's played he's played well at the USO in the past two years as well. I think it's like T sixteen, T ten. I mean, I'm looking Maybe. for. He just needs to be like plus one. That could that might yeah, be the, that might be I mean, that might be can, the first round leader score this year. Plus, I, and, he, and he he can do that. Yeah, I'm gonna go bold with it. I could be three strokes off, but I'm gonna go my uh, one under is gonna be the first round leader. Okay. I think somebody manages the course. Right. And one under. What do you think wins the tournament? What score wins the tournament? I'm gonna go with five over. Five over. Maybe three. I was gonna. I was gonna go. I'll go if you went three. I'll go two because I was gonna go three. I'll go two over then. Hmm. I think two over wins it. I'll go three. Yeah, I'll go that three. rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was the what was the winning score of the BMW? I think like minus four or five. Three. Three or four maybe. I gotta look at this. It's amazing. It was only a couple weeks ago, and I still don't. I know, yeah. Was, was it went to the playoffs? So I don't really. I, I don't like. I just remember the playoff. That's all. Whatever. I, I remember um, I'm gonna go. Putt. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be a little bit harder than the BMW. Um, give me plus. F- it's, it's. I don't want to like pick the same number as you, but let's say plus four. Like, that's what I okay. think it's gonna be at. Just kind of split the difference there. And I'll go birdies, bogeys to end the week. Um, I'll start. Have a shot, Nate. I shot an 80 the other day. Love it. I was buzzing. Had a really good chicken parm sandwich today. Another great, another great party. Um, bogey. I was thinking about playing college golf, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for this. 
right now. With like a 12 handicap. <laughs> Actually, no, no. Yeah. I can't publicly go out with this theory. <laughs> no. Got it. <laughs> I can't talk about this. We're, we're, already, we're, already like, we're already like a quarter of the way into the first semester of our senior year, and Pat has just thought about it, so. <laughs> oh, okay. So I won't go deep into it, but just know that, that it's a very standard theory that I can't talk about. But either way. Bogey of the week. I don't know. I, I maybe can't watch a lot, most of the U.S. Open, so. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah, that's a little. But on the other hand, the birdies, and you missed the players, right? We're gonna make a lot of money. That's true. That's a good point. All right, um, so I'll go my my yeah, bir- go my bo- birdie and bogey kind of tie in. Uh, my car was broken into twice last week at night. Uh, I think it's because. Nice. Sorry. Three clubs in there. Yes, that was really good. My, my birdies, my clubs, and my shoes are still there, so I'll take that. <laughs> but, uh, Let's but, uh, go. One, the only thing that's like my my car was broken into and uh, like twice. And I don't know why. And like I, I guess I just left it open, like uh, like forgot to lock it as I was walking out. I think one night my friend, like I was like getting like drunk, and like my friend drove home, and then I forgot to I just forgot to lock the car, but. Uh, uh, so and like, they, they, like drinking driving was happening there. No, it was not happening. We don't we we, we don't do that. Not, not here. <laughs> but uh, uh, and then like I get to my car the next two days and it's like there's like stuff like all over like the floor of, like car like my aux cord was stolen. I had these thank you I had these thank you notes that were written to people that like, I had spe- guest speakers in class. I had these thank you notes written and they were like in my like uh, I stole uh, those. They stole those. I was like, "Why?" They left your I golf clubs, but they stole your thank you cards. Maybe yeah, somebody, stole- maybe it was somebody in your class, Trev. Maybe somebody didn't want <laughs> wanted to wanted some thank you notes. Yeah, like they stole two them. thank you notes. I was, I was near the post office. Like the next day, I get in my car. I'm like, they're gone. So Where did they put those. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, there's maybe not they even thought, like stamps, like you were like sending, like sending money them. or something. There's not even <laughs> stamps in them either. You might have thought they were sending money. That could be. That could. That's actually a very good theory. But uh, there's not even stamps in them at all. So that was my. Uh, birdie and bogey, and I guess my other bogey birdie is uh, that just football is back, and I get to watch the U.S. Open and NFL Sunday this weekend. I cannot, could not be more excited. Nice. All right, so my birdie is going to be that I fixed the driver yips. <laughs> Last week I had the driver yips. This week I didn't. I don't know what I did <laughs> to fix it, but like I was striping the ball with the driver, so yeah, back, fixed the driver the, yips. How he draws his back. Don't know how he draws? No, no, no. no wait, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, just randomly started hitting like that baby dog and don't know what happened. Oh, my other, sorry, other bogeys. I haven't played golf in like three weeks because all my friends still are recovering from COVID. Tough which is not fun. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the dri- driver yips are kind of gone. I didn't shank any the other day. I mean, had had one like go left, but I didn't, didn't do any of those like top the ball like shanks that happened when I hit my driver bad it's always that's all it's always yeah. good had, had a once couple get, really nice ones having the once you're if your driver is on it like makes your whole it gives you so much confidence and, you know we were playing like a relatively toughish course like not not super tough but like relatively tough um i think i ended up shooting an 88 which is not terrible could have been better because on the 10 mm-hmm. we get to 10 it's like a elevated like t-box um i guess this might as well just be my bogey because i don't really have a lot of bogeys right now um uh elevated t-box hit my driver like 290 yards feeling myself like right in the center of the fairway walking up to the ball just absolutely feeling myself hit the chip shot like a little uh 
little 52 degree wedge uh like chip up the hill onto the green i'm like okay this like i saw it land i'm like oh yeah it's on the green like should be putting for birdie like whatever should be good get up there ball's not on the green it's over the green um and like fescue <laughs> so i have like a little like and that, that that's like on a downhill like steep line i'm like oh shit like i'm in the fescue like how am i gonna like get this shot on the green like keep it on the green so me Deep being sure me being uh me being dumb uh I shot like a 40, like one on the front or something like that. So like I, I was potentially could have broke 80, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Um, me being dumb, like let's play the hero shot. So I tried to flop it, oh, flop it, goes uh, <laughs> skulls over the green into the bunker. I'm like, well, well shit, now I'm in the bunker. Um, and it's like a relatively long bunker shot now. I'm like, I'm good out of the bunker. I'm like, I'm, I'm sick out of the bunker. I got, I'll just put this right next to the hole. Like we'll be set. Cause I was, I was doing like sick out of the bunker this week. Um, get out of the bunker hit my worst bunker shot yet like his hard bunker hard sand it like rained the day before i was like uh, hit the bunker yeah. shot back into the fescue on the top like again i'm like well shit now i have another hard shot i'm not gonna flop it this time um <laughs> like chip it down hits the green rolls off the side of the green chip it off i ended up making like a seven on my on the on 10 first hole in the front nine and i was playing like i had no double bogeys on the front um pretty much mostly pars and bogeys um yeah so i ended up shooting an 88 and did not break 80 um because the back nine was not great so yeah that's that's good, good. game of golf it couldn't have worse though it's just it's like that feeling when you go up get up to your ball after you just stripe one down the middle and like you're like oh yeah this easy shot like in like could potentially bury this hole and then you end up with seven so is what it is not fantastic and Either way, the, the other bogey is the Islanders lost again. Uh, they're one one loss away from elimination. Which what's the tough. what's the series at? Three one. So they're three one. Um, never say never. Team doesn't quit. Uh, but it is tough. Yeah, I mean, it can so, happen. Hockey's different. I'm just like, I'm like so invested right now too. So it, it will be tough if they lose. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why not? Hopefully the boys have uh, made you some money when you're uh, – and not when you're listening to this. I've, potentially, we've, you've put your bets in by the end of this episode. We're going to make you some money. What tournament's even next week? I couldn't tell you. Oh, I cannot tell it doesn't you. doesn't really matter because this is the last tournament that matters until the Masters. But, of course, we'll be back next week to, to recap the U.S. Open and give you some picks for the next tournament we got. The Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Fantastic. Fun. We'll, awesome. see, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see it for a recap of this and a preview of that. Yeah. Weird. Weird tournament. 